Episode of the Sisters Collective. Woo-hoo. You know this is your favorite cousins. This is Elizabeth. I don't have a special name today other than that. <laughs> <laughs> this Jasmine. Is cute for you. Thank you, boo. They are. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I need some more earrings. So just if you want to help us, I'm gonna steal those. The ones I have on today are Elizabeth. Nice. Anyway, it's Jasmine. I'm here. I'm chilling. And this is the boss lady. Oh, God. <laughs> she said she always got her well, name right. The name, boss huh? lady. She always got her She's bossy. So, what it do? How y'all hearts feeling? I, you know what? You're not going to tell them who you are? Oh, it's me. Oh, God. Mandy. <laughs> you know, I'm really excited because I hadn't. I was gone for one episode and Whitney filled in for your girl. It was great. And you here for half of the other and episode. One for, yes, and here for the half one. So, it feels good. My heart is good. Mm-hmm. I walked in church and the guy was like, how are you feeling? I'm well. He was like, you're well. I am well. I'm well. I, am well. I had to check, double check. I am well. Mm-hmm. So I'm good, y'all. I'm good. Same. <laughs> yeah, I am well. Um, yeah, I am well. Yeah. All is well. What are you What are you at? Like a what? One through five? Where are you? I want to be like, I'm at a five. My heart. My, I had to touch my heart, like how you really feel it. Mm-hmm. I think I'm really out of five. I think really seeing, literally seeing the hand of God like move. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes when you're waiting for such a long time for something to come to pass, you're like, you're just waiting and you're waiting. You're like, God, did you see me? Do you see me? I know you see me. Mm-hmm. I know you see me. But it just feels good to even still be waiting for what I know he's promised. And so I feel good. Yeah. Check my heart. I'm good. Yeah. I, and that's this kind of a test of our faith, like a part of. The process sometimes includes waiting, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how you wait is important because yes. uh, how you wait can determine how swiftly what you're looking for comes. I, we see that, and I'm not being churchy, but I'm, I am who I am. Um, the children of Israel, what took them 40 years, should have taken them, I believe, 14 days. Yeah, 11 to 14. Times. 11 to 14 mm-hmm. days, but he had to process Egypt out of them. Mm-hmm. They had gotten out of Egypt, but Egypt was still in them, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so. I've had to examine the spaces that it felt like I was waiting a long time to see what role I played in that delay. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I too am out of five. Um, I, the, I borrowed this from um, Takia, one of our uh, podcast podcasters that I listen to her podcast regularly. She says, um, I have everything I need. And what was the other part? Oh, I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna come back to it because mm-hmm. I posted it the other day. <laughs> um, but anyway, I have everything that I need, and th- so I am at a five. There's, n- I'm not, there's nothing lacking, um, nothing pressing, no pressing issue, yeah. um, anything like that. Nothing that he hasn't given me the wisdom to to tackle, and things that I'm navigating through, mm-hmm. things that need to be created and put in place to plan for my posterity for the summer and things of that nature. But he's given me the wisdom to do it, so now I just have to. Um, get it done, but I'm at a five, and I praise God for that because yes. that ain't always the case. Baby, I'm I'm at a five as well. Yeah, I started back at the gym today, Woo-hoo. and I have this plan that's gonna be six days a week in the gym, and I'm about to go full throttle. 
And I'm really excited. And I got some protein that tastes good. It was so good this morning. I was like, this what's the flavor? Strawberry. Yeah, because oh. some of them don't be great. Because the, listen, and it's not them, chalky. It's not chalky. And I, you know, I drink mine. Um, I'm lactose intolerant, so I drink mine with rice milk or a rice okay. drink, whatever you want to call it. And it was so smooth. I was like, yeah, I'm here for this. I can do this. So yeah, I'm I'm good. I just I felt really good after being in the gym. It just it always feels good to be back in the gym. Yeah. It really you like does. the gym? I do. I, mm. I was a regular. Yeah, I was I'm a regular. Too. I'm yes. trying to get back. You know, Jasmine, I you're ta- you're saying about being in the gym and I remember after you had Arden and you were trying to start again mm-hmm. and you were you know what I'm saying? Like you were I'm like, you could do it, Jasmine. Child, just let mom watch the baby, just go, let's go, full throttle, let's go, let's go. Like I am all the way pushing. But in that space your head, your heart, your mind, your body, your spirit, everybody, everything wasn't in alignment. And so it wasn't. when it felt like trying to push through, you're also starting to work and your baby's still at home, you know, at home and you're also having to do that separation. You're trying to figure all that out. Mm-hmm. You know, just everything happening all at one time. But now it feels like I'm happy to see that you're like, you know what? I am good. I can go to the gym. I'm. You're ready yeah. to conquer this next phase. You're walking in it like, hoorah. So I'm happy to see that. Yeah. Good deal. I, yeah, I, I feel like that. It definitely took everything being in line yeah. because if you're trying to tackle one thing, y'all already know I'm literally going through a divorce. So it's just like all of that space at the same time was like it was already just all over the place. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to function, even though gym is therapy for me, it's kind of hard to push through that. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. what people don't understand about the gym and why everybody should be doing some kind of movement. Because the gym is not is not just working out your physical body. Mm-hmm. It takes it's an emotional workout. There's something emotional that is happening. There's something spiritual yeah. that's happening. Um, there it's not just working out your muscles, your actual body. Mm-hmm. Um, in order for your body to actually move, it requires that your mind be involved. Mm-hmm. So right. going to the gym is not just a physical workout. Your mind is being worked out. So a lot yeah. of times, what you're facing in the what keeps people from the gym is not that their physical bodies can't, is that their minds won't. Mm-hmm. So, but figuring out what that hindrance is or allowing time for that to work itself out, but knowing that you still want that goal. You know what right. I'm saying? Right, so right. not, you know, and you're not going to be in that space forever. And that's exactly what we're li- literally seeing with Jasmine. Mm-hmm. She wasn't in that space for her ever. Her baby's not even two yet. You know what I'm saying? And right. here you are ready to, and each day you are still trying to move and you're still doing all of that. So to see this come full circle, it's just real beautiful. Yep. Emoji tear. Oh, that was terrible. Oh, okay. So I think I, I know I'm at a, a five. This week I was reminded by one of my staff members because you know when you look at like your um, love language and how I like my love language that for receiving, I like gifts. Mm-hmm. But how I also show love is by giving gifts. But I realize that's not everybody's love language mm-hmm. so when I think I'm doing this a great job of showing people how I appreciate them they're like no if you just wrote me a little a letter that would have said everything that would have said everything I didn't need you to buy me something yeah and I was reminded by a staff member of what this week of what I meant to her and how much she appreciated just me being who I am and and not being afraid of you know what I believe in and in what I stand for. And I, t- I said thank you for sharing that with me because as a leader, I don't often know if 
I'm doing a good job. Mm-hmm. I think I'm doing a good job just because I think I do a good job. <laughs> uh, that's just me. Uh, but to hear it from the people, um, it reassures me that I'm moving in the right direction. I'm not a complainer. Those days of complaining are over, and it's really about now focusing on how I can, what I can do, and how I can impact people in the future. Because I'm good. As long as other people are good, I'm good. That's good. So I'm at a five. That's it. I think we're all at a collective five. I don't have to add that up, divide by anything. We're 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 a solid five. Listen, and I'm excited about that. Um, So I know if you, hopefully to those that listened last week that you caught some gems from what went on last week. And um, feel free to make some posts and let us know what your takeaways were and if you have more questions about it so that we can try to answer those questions for you. Also, don't forget to um, connect with us on our Instagram page and, and chat with us. Send us some DMs if you have questions about anything. And we have some something special coming up for Mother's Day that we're going to be getting you guys your help for because we want you to write some letters to your mom or write some letters to your children and we're going to read them aloud we'll keep them anonymous if you want but you'll hear more information about that and you'll see posts about that coming as well also we're going to give some of our listeners and some of our cousin podcast fam an opportunity to actually be heard in our some of our intro yeah so we're going to give you some information about that let you send in a recording saying that you are listening to the to the episode we'll show you exactly how we want to go so be on the lookout for that so yeah, what is this May? What month? What month are we in March? It's April. April, April child. Okay, April. girl. It's okay, May. it's the end of the month, though. So listen, it is month. April, and this is, as you know from last week, this is Financial Literacy Month. Literacy Month, yes. and we have another financial, not analyst, financial consultant because mm-hmm. he owns his own company, financial consultant that we are going to have on the podcast today. So we want you guys to stick around and. Um, we're going to be introducing you guys to Mr. James Hicks with Hicks Consulting. And listen, you guys are going to enjoy it and, and just be ready um, and be armed with some questions and things that we'll be able to answer the next time, okay? They say a family that prays together stays together. But what if you can't even get your family together? We are the Sisters Collective. Three generations. Four sisters. Helping you navigate this crazy world. One family meeting at a time. This podcast is the intersection of education, sisterhood, and the ever-changing dynamics of family. We invite you to pull up a seat and join our family meeting. So, we got it. We finally got you in here. We finally got it. I'm so happy. We are excited to have you as a guest on the Sisters Collective we have been talking the past week about finances and financial wholeness and just getting our money in order because as most of us are aware, like this last year, it showed us where we were and where we were not when it came to our finances, when it came to our health, when it came to everything, right? Definitely. And so we're excited to be able to have you on our podcast. And let's start by maybe having you introduce yourself to our listeners so they can know who you are, what you do, because we want them, after all of the gems I know you're about to drop and all the information you're going to share, I know they're going to want to connect with you. So could right. you spend some time telling them who you are, um, a little bit about your company, what you do, maybe how long you've been doing it, and um, we'll go from there. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, hey, 
Uh, the Sisters Collective, thank you guys once again for allowing me to be on your show. Totally excited. So glad that I got a chance to connect with uh, you guys, with uh, Dr. Johnson, Elizabeth, Jennifer, Jasmine. I really appreciate it, okay? Thank you. Thank yeah, you. You're, wel you're welcome. You're welcome. So, hey, Hicks Financial Asset and Wealth Management, we actually launched last year. And guess what? Right in the middle of a pandemic. That's yeah. when I decided to, uh, to, to get this business started in the middle of a pandemic. Um, I started, actually, the idea of Hicks Financial came way back in grad school. I graduated uh, uh, from Webster University uh, with a master's degree uh, focused on finance in 2015. And for my capstone, my final project, we had to put together a business. And I just kind of threw it out there. You know, I already at that point helped people with uh, finances and stuff just on the side. And I said, hey, what if I put together a business? Hicks Financial, perfect. And I threw the business together and, and got an A on the project. Didn't think too much about it until years later when I had more and more friends dealing with financial issues and they would just ask me questions, come to me for advice. My background has been, I've worked in you know, corporate America, working in the pharmaceutical industry, but most of that time has also been working with budgets and putting together financial plans, uh, territory plans, things like that, and working within budgets and you know, upward over $100,000 and putting it all together. So I was very used to dealing with numbers and I would end up helping a lot of my friends. And, you know, last year came through and everything got shut down, you know, working at my job, we were quarantined, I was home, nothing going on. And my birthday was coming up and usually it was my 40th birthday. And usually, you know, I was gonna set up this whole big birthday bash. What was I gonna do? Everybody was home, nobody could go anywhere, we were right. quarantined. So I said, I was just sitting around, I said, you know what? Why not for my 40th birthday launch Hicks Financial? Something I've been thinking about, something I've been praying about for a while. And I said, you know what? I think this is the time. And so I, I did, did all my work, got everything together. And on June 26th of last year, I've launched Hicks Financial. And it's, we're coming up on a year now. Obviously, June is right around the corner. And throughout that time, I've been able to do uh, magazine articles, great podcasts like you guys. Um, some 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 YouTube channels. Uh, I've been on those and multiple um, different clients that I've dealt with in the business sector, you know, from um, single parents to families to just single individuals, small businesses. It has been amazing. And uh, I can definitely say at this point, it has been one of the best decisions of my life. Wow, that that's interesting, because I mean, I like the way you think the fact that you took a gamble on yourself in the middle of the mm -hmm. pandemic. Um, I too, like you, and for the for my birthday last year, I gave, I launched a project. Awesome. Launched the podcast. Sometimes the best gift to give, to get is the gift you give yourself. Exactly. Um, because exactly. that ends up being a gift to the, the people around you. And so it's really interesting that you launched something dealing with finances in the middle of an era that was kind of financially devastating for folks. Yes. How, and, how did the pandemic affect your business? Well, it's, it's very great. Very glad you asked that because I was thinking in my head, I'm like, James, this might be the craziest idea. Like who starts a financial business in the middle of a pandemic? Most people are probably trying to hold on, you know, to their money and they're just trying to, you know, nobody's really trying to do business with anybody, but what I found out was I was pretty much totally wrong because a lot of people were thinking like me, if I have this extra time, I have this extra time on my hands and a lot of people were through the stimulus uh, checks and things like that, getting extra money. 
my idea with the business and other things was let's be proactive. Let's let's do something that is going to help me that on the back end of this pandemic, I'll be better off. So started, starting a business, being able to help people, so on and so forth. Other people were thinking the same way. They're like, hey, I have extra time on my hands. If, um, you know, this guy's promoting, you know, helping me get my finances together, maybe this is a good time to do it because, hey, I, I have extra time on my hands. I have, you know, some people getting extra money coming in or even if they're not getting extra money coming in, they knew this was something they should have taken seriously prior and in the past. And they felt this was a good time to do it. So even throughout the pandemic, I still kept a, a very uh, a good, you know, good roster of clients coming through and uh, it continues to be successful. And that's awesome to hear. I, I, I started investing in stocks in the middle of a pandemic. Perfect. And no prior knowledge about stocks, but I had a little bit of extra money and it, it, it cost me almost nothing. And I look mm -hmm. at my stocks now and what I put in has already doubled. Oh, and I literally put it there and didn't touch it. Right. I just right. found stocks that I liked and put a little bit of money there and everything that I put in, it has doubled. And oh, so amazing. You're, you're, you're right in that some people were looking for places to put their money because the pandemic exposed the potholes in our processes. Right. And it showed yes. us where we need to tighten up some of our, um, some of our, uh, the things, especially in our finances, where we need to kind of tighten up because if you did not have reserves, the pandemic told on you. Yeah. Oh, right. very much so. Very much so. And then the other part is, and you guys are familiar with this, there are not a lot of, minorities who represent this area as far as finances is concerned. Now, you know I was coming there. You know I, was coming. <laughs> I, I just beat <laughs> you to the punch. I, I knew we were going to get there. I was going to ask you about that <laughs> because this is primarily finances. The financial arena is, is primarily white male dominated. Very much. And um, you are a male, but you're not white. I'm definitely not white. So um, <laughs> tell us how what is what do your clientele look like? Like, I, I ask because when it comes to the people that are on our teams, mm -hmm. whether it's in healthcare, in education, it could be in almost anything that our lives touch. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it helps to have people. They don't have to necessarily look like you, but they do have to understand the places that you walk through and Most kind definitely. of be able to uh, relate. They have mm -hmm. to be able to kind of relate to some of your struggles. Otherwise, they won't understand how you got here. Most definitely. And, and most. so how has that helped you to relate to the community that you service? Oh, most definitely. Uh, first, the first question you asked about my clientele, my clientele is very vast. I've, I've been yes. blessed to even so far deal with whether it's Caucasian clients, obviously African-American clients, um, even some Asian and, um, and Hispanic clients. But I will say that starting off and even now my main priority was to be somebody that minorities especially african americans can look up to in the financial world and to be someone that they are comfortable sitting down with because let's, yeah. let's be honest like you mentioned before mostly dominated by white males that could be a little uncomfortable sitting sitting with somebody who like you just mentioned earlier may not understand my struggle may not understand, um, you know, why I'm in this financial situation or why I've made certain decisions that I've had to make, you know, financially. They may not get it. And they may suggest uh, ideas that I, I may not be comfortable with. But right. seeing somebody sitting across the table or on the phone with you that you know nine times out of ten can relate, I think, uh, makes a huge deal. Uh, and at the same time, there's a lot of 
there's a lot of money just in the african-american community we have a lot of money but to be honest a lot of times we're not taught what to do with it how to handle it how to financially plan how to um invest wisely a lot of times we're not taught that in our communities because a lot of times our parents weren't taught that or the people right. who were around us did not know so obviously they can't teach you what they do not know when in other communities, other cultures, they're taught, you know, as a kid, they're, they're able to see it and they grow up kind of having a better idea of how things work uh, financially. I want to kind of bridge that gap. And even if you did not learn it from your parents or you did not learn it in school or you did not learn it even in college, you can you can come to me and feel comfortable that, hey, this, this guy, he knows my struggle. He kind of knows, you know, uh, what I've probably been through. I can explain it to him and we can uh, set together and put together a plan that will get uh, get them to their goal. Awesome, awesome. This is Jasmine here. So I have a quick question um, mm -hmm. in regards to, you mentioned investment. So is that primarily what you help your clients with or are you kind of an overall financial advisor with retirement, investing, so on and so forth? Yeah, tell us about some of your, the programs that you offer, like savings, like what can, what is it that, that clients can expect to get from you when they come to you? What is it that you can help your clientele with? Perfect. Perfect. No, that's a, actually a great question. Currently right now, I am, I would say more so overall when it comes to what I am focused on right now, I will, as far as the second avenue of the business where I want to go uh, further the end of the year into next year is getting more into investments. As you, you probably know, to actually be a financial like investment advisor, you know, you have to get your license and things like that. So those are things that I'm working on going down the line. But currently right now, I, I focus more on the financial planning aspect, whether it's financially planning for retirement, you know, helping you put together an idea or a plan for that, financially planning for maybe even your kids to go to college, or even if it's just a personal thing. Hey, I just want to get my finances better. I want to get it to a place where I'm comfortable, where I'm not living check to check, where I'm not uh, nervous about paying bills every month, where, where I'm not nervous if another pandemic hits how am I going to float if I'm not working for three months and I'm quarantined? Like that's really the main focus right now is helping people get into a, a better financial situation. I like to call it being financially free. And for me, be, being financially free is I, I'm not worried about my bills. I'm not worried about if an emergency happens, if my car breaks down or something in the house happens and I have to fix it. I'm not worried about that. And I have money set aside for, for anything that, that may come up. I feel comfortable because think of the stress level and how your stress level goes down when you know that financially I'm pretty sound. Not saying that I'm rich or I have a million dollars in the bank, but I'm, I'm not worried about the bills. I'm not worried about if the car breaks down. I'm not even that worried if I lose my job because I know I can find one in the next three or four months and I have enough money set aside to carry me that long if need be. Your stress level goes down. Your, yeah. your way of living is better. And that's really my main focus. That also includes uh, help, helping with debt, debt consolidation, helping them a better way to look at debt and how to put that together in order to kind of eliminate debt to once again, take the stress off the table, small business consultations. Um, I learned that a lot of small businesses are great at what they do, whether it's a chef or a mechanic or whatever you do, a hairstylist, but a lot of times they're not good at finances. They're not good at, you know, allocating funds correctly to where they are profitable. And they're making sure that, hey, I, I'm not only am I making money, but I'm investing back into my business so that it continues to grow. 
a lot of times they're not as as keen on that. So my job is to help in that as well. Um, and and basically, like like you said earlier, Jasmine, kind of a little bit of all around because I've done a little bit of everything from um, you know helping uh, a small business uh, find loans. Uh, to to help grow their business and helping them put together loan packages to um, helping a, a, um, some customers who are a little older come up with a good retirement plan so that they can uh, retire comfortably in the next few years. And even with si- sitting down with a single mom who has four kids and she's trying to find out, hey, how can I do this by myself and make sure that my kids are good, make sure they're able to go to college and make sure that we're, we're able to eat on just my paycheck. I, 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 do, I do a little bit of everything. I love it. I, I love, uh, I mean, literally some of the things you've hit on are literally some questions that I already had. You, you talked about a couple of things, the savings aspect, some of the debt information, because mm-hmm. what we, what I've found in the past is there are a lot of financial gurus out there. And when they have a corner on the market, they want to keep the corner on the market. So mm-hmm. they will only give you, they dribble out the information in pieces and parts. Mm-hmm. They give you a little right. bit of this and right. a little bit of that but they never give us the whole picture. Right. Right. I like that, that there's somebody that is trying to give us the whole picture. Exactly. I started exactly. reading a book by um, um, Tiffany Aliche um, called Get Good With Money. Um, mm. And literally it takes you through 10 steps that take you into what is called financial wholeness, which is something you kind of tapped into. Where I'm no longer worried about if my bills are being paid. I know that my bills are being paid. I've budgeted well. I've, I've mm-hmm. saved. I want to ask, because you talked about something that you call financial freedom, what are some of the stages of financial freedom? Meaning, like, what do I need to be doing first, second, third, fourth? Or what does that, what is it comprised of? What, is, what are some of the steps that are going to get me to a place where finances is, is not a worry for me? Because to be honest, when, when, you, when you don't have any money, I, I, I don't feel good. That's Listen. Better. I'm telling you, that Listen. thing is a that you cannot yes. explain. We, yes. We didn't grow up. We didn't come from a lot of money. But we're, uh, gratefully, we live better now than what we did as children. And the nephews and the niece that we have will probably never know the life that we did mm-hmm. as children. Exactly. But we want them. We want better even now in the, li- in the years that we have left. The latter part of our lives are going to be better than this. But if we plan for this is this is all we'll have, and this is not satisfactory. It's good, but how do we get to the next place of financial freedom? That we need to be. Where do we start? How do we get Great. there? Perfect. No, that is that is the most important thing is start. And and listen, there there are a lot of different steps, but I'll just focus on a few of the most important things that I think will help somebody get started into becoming financially free. And I'll say this, a majority of it has to do with in your mind. It has to do with how you think and, and mentally where you are mentally when it comes to money. Yeah. Really, it's a, it's a whole rearrangement of how we think because social media and entertainment will tell you a whole different aspect of what money is. Money is to be splurged. Money is to be tossed around. Money is just, uh, you know, throw it up in the air in the club and forget about it and walk away like it's nothing. You know, that, that teaches you one thing. 
But the truth and reality is when you're dealing with money and finances, you have to think a whole different way. If you truly want to be financially free and you truly want to live a, a better life to where, like you said, your kids will never have to even know about the struggles that you went through. So the first thing I would say, if we're talking about being financially free right out the gate, the first thing is you have to be honest with yourself. Mm. You're going to have to be honest with yourself. You're going to have to be honest with yourself and your situation. You got to be honest. If you think about it, when uh, a person is, you know, trying to either get off drugs or they're going to, uh, you know, the AA meetings and different things when it comes for alcohol, the first thing they make you do is admit that you are an alcoholic. <laughs> admit that you're a drug addict. There is a. There we go. There we go. That's the first step. That's the first. That's the first step. There is a freedom that comes when you actually say, you know what, I have really messed up on my finances. I'm really in a financial bind. Because as long as you still think in your head that, oh, it's really not that bad, or, oh, I'll eventually get out of it. I just, you know, I just got to rob people to pay Paul and do this and do that. As long as you're still thinking like that, then you're never really going to uh, be open to true ideas to get you out of that hole. Because you're still trying to, you know, figure it out yourself. You have to be honest about it and say, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm in a bind. And I'm in a situation, I don't know what I'm doing. And I need to be honest with myself about how I got here and how I'm going to get out. So when you first are able to get that in your mind and be honest with where you are, to me, that's the first step. You get to that point, we're good. So that's the first step. Now, the next thing that I would say, if you're trying to be financially free, another thing that you have to do is you're going to now have to incorporate discipline. Mm. Listen, I will tell you right now, I spend more time working on clients through discipline than probably anything else. Because I'll put together the strategy for you. I'll put together the budget for you. I'll put together the whole plan, lay it out, have, <laughs> have, have, have steps and documents and a bar graph and a circle graph and everything. everything. The whole thing, PowerPoint, whatever, whatever you need, now. I'll do that. I, it doesn't matter. But if you're not disciplined enough to, to follow it through or to walk with me through this thing, you know, you basically just put money in my pocket and, uh, and, and stay in a bad situation. You made yourself worse and now you paid me and, and you still haven't gotten exactly. anywhere because you're not disciplined enough to, to put the things in order. Um, so the discipline factor is, is paramount. You're going to have to be disciplined. That, um, that Starbucks run that you like to make every morning, and, oh, you know, once man. you sit down, no, and, yeah, stop, I know, stop. I know, it gets, it it gets tight, it gets I tight. I, I, I understand, I'm sorry. I have to be the bad guy here. I have to be the bad guy. I got to be the one. It, it's my Don't job. They, they, pay, they pay me to be the bad guy. So I, I, I revel in it, you know. <laughs> that, that Starbucks run, depending on your situation. Listen, if you can afford it, that's great. But if you can't, then you're going to have to, um, you know, invest in your coffee maker and, and make your coffee at home and, and do like my dad, and, uh, you know, use Maxwell House or Folgers. You know, the best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. Let's, let's, you know, we're going to have to go that route. You should so. see my face right now. <laughs> <laughs> like you should see my face. <laughs> I'm so glad that you said that, James, because this is Amanda. Hi. Hey, hey Amanda, how you doing? Good. Um, Good. Because sometimes you think that you can afford it. You're sitting there, you're like, well, I got five dollars, seven dollars to spend on this coffee. But over time, yes, what that five or seven dollars yes. really look like. So you may yes. look like you can afford it today, but overall, you just spend, you're like, I spent it on coffee. 
Yes, yes, you just said it, Dr. Johnson. That is exactly okay. And that is what I do because how they say seeing is believing. So when I'm sitting down with somebody, when I'm sitting with a client, I have a little statement that I say, I say, listen, I'm going to need you to get naked. And, you know, mm-hmm. of course, first thing they're like, what are you talking about? Well, da, da, da. I'm going to need you to get financially naked, meaning I'm going to have to see everything financially that you have going on, the good, the bad and the ugly. I can't help you. If you're not willing to open up and show me everything, that includes, you know, all this little, the, 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 you know, I, I was dealing with a client who, um, what is that thing? Uh, the shoe, there's something with shoes. We feel you have shoes and they, you can order them every month and they come in the mail. Shoe, oh, shoe yeah. dazzle. Yeah. Like a shoe dazzle. And there was another one. I mean, she, she started showing me all of this stuff and I'm just like, I, I mean, it was obvious. Okay. I see, I see where, where the money's going. You know, you have to get financially naked, but outside of that, I'll put it all together to show you, okay, this shoe dazzle, this, what, whatever, uh, uh, $30 a week or whatever the case is, this is how much it's costing you a, a year. Um, I, I like showing that to my customers who smoke, who customers who smoke cigarettes. I put together, hey, how, mu- how much are you spending on a pack of cigarettes a day or however many packs you're smoking? I'll put the numbers together and say, listen, if you just gave up smoking, just that, that's for, let's just say 5000 whatever, dollars a year, that right there would get you halfway out of your financial situation, just giving up one habit. So it's, it's hard. Like to be disciplined is not easy. People don't mm-hmm. want to. People want to, you want to go and, and for lunch, buy whatever you want, buy Chick-fil-A every day and get your coffee every day and, you know, walk in the mall and buy whatever you want and stuff like that or go on Amazon and just start shopping. Everybody wants to do that, but that's not going to get you to financial freedom. That's <laughs> going to get you in debt and that's going to get you crying at night wondering how you're going to pay your bills. It's my job to, to put it all together and to, to make it work. And then I'll say the last thing, just to answer the initial question about where to begin is help. That's the main thing. Once you've got, you've mm-hmm. honest with yourself, you've already said, I'm going to be disciplined. I'm going to make this work. Then get help. To me, it's no different from if your car breaks down, you're going to take your car to a mechanic. If you mm-hmm. start coughing, you know, uncontrollably tomorrow, you're going to see a doctor. If you notice that your weight is getting out of control, you're probably going to find a trainer. But a lot of times when it comes to money, your money could be out of control for years and you don't think about finding a, a professional that can help you. We have to start looking at finances differently and saying, you know what? I need help with this. Obviously, what I'm doing is not working. I got to find help. I'm going to go online to hicksfinancialawm.com. I'm going to let James help me. And That's ooh, right. Yeah. That. <laughs> did I just plug myself? Oh, man, maybe I did. Maybe I did plug myself. my toes the whole time, but it's fine. I'm not going to be bad. <laughs> I'm not going to be petty and hang up the, the broadcast on you. <laughs> My face was turned upside it. down the whole time. So, I love it. You know, <laughs> I love it. You know, I love this. This is great. This is really good information. And you, one of the things that we kind of want to address is debt, right? Okay. Um, there's been a rise uh, in like these debt consolidation companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's be honest. They target our communities. Definitely. Um, and... I want to know, I want to just your kind of, this could be your opinion on it. Is, is that, is that a direction that we should go using those companies? And also what is a, one of the quickest ways to kind of improve your credit? What do you really need to do to, to tackle that, that beast of credit? All right. That beast of credit is something else. Now I'll I'll start off right here because I always get a lot of questions around credit. First off, I do not uh, promote myself to be a credit expert. Or, or anything like that. I mostly deal in the financial planning lane. But 
I do know a decent amount of, uh, about credit. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, but once again, like I said, I'm not a credit expert, but in, in general, when you're talking about debt and credit in general, once again, everybody's situation is different. So I, I take, you know, everybody's situation. If I'm sitting with a client and I look at what they're dealing with, what kind of debt they're in, and, and then I go from there. So I wouldn't know, I wouldn't totally um, eliminate like a debt consolidation company a hundred percent, but I will say that would more than likely be a last option. Uh, it would not be, you know, you know, depending on how bad the situation is, it wouldn't be a first option. We'd probably try a few things before we go that route. But yeah. when it comes to, um, you know, debt, debt consolidation and getting things together, I, when it comes to this whole process, it's a grow slow process. It's not going to happen overnight. It's a grow slow. So mm-hmm. I always like to start with the smallest things first. Looking at yeah. debt from debt and even, even, you know, if you got a credit report, things like that, we're trying to get things off your credit. You know, let's look at some of the small stuff. All right. And let's knock that out first, whether it's paying it off or, or whether it's, you know, working it out, whatever we have to do, there we go. Some debt situations, a lot of people are scared to even, you know, call them and, and talk to them. Like some stuff, you can call and talk to them and either negotiate debt or get them to, you know, hold it, you know, put it on pause or, or hold it back or something until later. Listen, you have to, I, I like to say that you are the CEO of your whole situation. So you have to look at this and as we're working together, you know, find out, hey, what is the best plan? If I know right now, I, I just can't pay this right now, then I need to call them and tell them, listen, I can't pay this right now. What can we do? Can I hold it over? Can we make a min- have a minimum balance that I pay per month? What can we do? Because that creditor, they want their money. So they're going to work something out or try to work something out to get their money because them just throwing it on your credit and all that stuff, it, it doesn't get them their money. But if you are you know, not scared and you're willing to call them and actually uh, talk to them through this whole situation, a lot of times they'll work something out. They'll come up with some, some way to try to meet you halfway. Um, I mean, I've, I've been in situations where you know, if, if you can pay them now, they'll cut the debt in half. Like if, you, if you're willing to pay us right now, this you know, is that, uh, that $5,000, $2,500, if you can do it right now. Okay, let's work, let's work it out. So we have to be willing to confront it and not just run away from it. Because I think a lot of people run away from it. They avoid the phone calls and they you know, don't want to look at their credit and just act like it doesn't exist. You can't do that. You have to confront it and start with the smallest thing. Whatever the smallest thing is, let's work on knocking that out. And then we can, you know, come up with a strategy to handle the bigger things in order to get it, either get it off your credit or make it a non-debt. It just kind of gives a sense of accomplishment as well when you kind of knock some things off little by little. Exactly. Um, so tackling that big, that biggest piece of debt is going to take more time anyway. And then you exactly. get discouraged in the process, the tire blow, the, exactly. the refrigerator go out. And the last thing you're going to pay is a creditor when you got something else to pay. Exactly. And then the, the great thing is talking about credit. As you start knocking the small things off, whether you know whether you know you get them to take it off or whatever the case is, uh, then your credit starts slowly rising, and then that's another you know esteem booster. Because as you're knocking yeah. the small things off, it's going up. Like okay, this is actually working. And then even once you get to the big things, you feel more confident to handle it because hey, I've seen it work so far with the small things. Let's just go ahead and knock out the big stuff. I love it. Gotcha. Um, we have um, this might be a silly question, but like, what is um, is it smart to live like a cash only life? Like some people feel mm-hmm. like, um, especially people, entrepreneurs that are, you know, they may do a cash business um, if mm-hmm. they're in the barbershop or something like that, but they also want to kind of start investing and things like that, but they don't have anything to invest it in somewhere. It's usually cash on hand. 
that they have. So is it smart to live like that or should they start putting that money away somewhere so they can actually turn it over and make it an investment? You you definitely first first thing I'll say about that is I always have a saying cash is king, right? Cash is king. So you, you, you definitely want to respect cash, but you have to also look at where society is going. Um, yeah. We are leaning towards a cashless society yeah. now. And yeah. um, if you start to see that trend and you're a business owner, you need to start preparing for that because you don't want to, you know, get kind of caught up in that middle ground where you're doing everything, you know, with just just cash or whatnot. And then, you know, everything is, you know, it's leaving you behind, basically. Right. So for anybody who is kind of in, in you know, I know there's a lot of different um, things like um, people who do hair. I know they deal with a lot of sometimes make a lot of cash, you know, cash on hand and and other different businesses where it's just like cash to cash exchange, which is fine if patient, you know, not patient, sorry, if customers only have that. But you want to get to a point where you are going with society and making sure that you're evolving to taking, you know, other different forms of payment so that you can continue to, to grow with the times. Like, you know, I'm, I'm 40 years old. And once I started this business, I realized that, hey, um, it's not just what cash and credit nowadays anymore. Uh, a lot of my clients pay me through what uh, Venmo. Uh, Cash App, Cash, Zelle. Um, Zelle, that's right, Zelle is another one, uh, my PayPal on my website. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's like four or five different other options outside of just cash, credit, debit that people use. So once again, you just don't want to be left out in the cold with that. But to go back to the other thing that you was asking as far as investing, having cash, you, you definitely, if you're really trying to grow a business or even grow personally, you do not want to just like just keep cash under your mattress. Or, or just have an account, just a savings account or whatever. You want to eventually get to the point where you're opening up an investment account to where you know, your, your money is now working for you. Um, I have this uh, a thing that I've heard that you want money to be working while you're sleeping. Oh, yes. And, and in, order for, or in order for your money to do that, it needs to be in the market. And it needs to be, you know, it needs to be continuing to double itself while you're sleeping, resting, kicking your feet up. That's how you get to true financial freedom and even true wealth to once again, I heard somebody say earlier, where your kids won't even know that side of you guys' life because they, they, never had, they never had to deal with that. I love it because that the money under my mattress can't do much for me other than no. be under my mattress. It's definitely it, it, not going to be multiplying. It, laying it, it, mattress. It, it just makes it easier for somebody to steal. That's it. That's it. It just makes it easier it, for somebody to take. for me to get to it so I can right, go right. spend it. Right, so you can spend it, or you know, God forbid, a fire or something happens in the house, and 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 now that's the end of that. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure I don't think insurance is going to cover. Oh yeah, no. I have ten thousand dollars in my mattress. Hey, they probably won't even believe you. Um, no. So yes. yeah, that's just that's just money gone. Well, listen, I we have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I have one more question that I kind of want us to close up with, mm-hmm. and then of course after that, if there's any information that you think it would be important for our listeners to about finances, about any other next steps, or if there are any questions that you would like for us to have asked that we did not ask, okay. to, um, talk about that. But I have one more question oh. that I want mm-hmm. us to kind of consider. I wonder if you could maybe explain um, the necessity, like why is it important that we be planning financially? What is the necessity for financial planning and education in underserved communities and families? Oh my goodness, that's uh, that's a fully loaded uh, uh, question, but I'll try to I'll try to keep it in because you know this is this is what I love, this is my passion. So when it comes to necessity as far as financial planning and education, I'll just say it this way: 
a lot of it is definitely for now, but I say it's for later. It's for the future generation. Mm. We, most of you even said, you know, and you probably agree that a lot of times we were not taught uh, financial education, uh, financial literacy. We weren't taught it. So a lot of us had to learn it as we go, which, you know, obviously if you learned it, you kind of caught up, but what if you learned it as a kid and you kind of grew up knowing it? And so at at 21, you already had a good idea financially, how I'm going to invest, how I'm going to save, what business I'm going to start. Am I going to invest in real estate? Am I going to put my money in the stock market? You already knew that at 21. Think how much further you'd be at 41. So the idea now is if you learn it now, then you can now start teaching the next generation, whether it's your God kids, whether it's your, your own kids, whether it's your nieces, nephews, you can teach them what a lot of us did not learn as children. So they, once they're 21, they already have the plan. And, it, and the plan may not include going to college. It, it may not be that. It may be, hey, I want to start my business now because I already know how I want to do this. And I already have a plan set up instead of having to, you know, figure it out. And then you're you know, maybe in your 30s and you kind of get it. Oh, yeah, I get, I get it now. You know, you, you lost a lot of time. So I would yeah. say the importance behind it is so that the future generation can get a better grasp of it. And in all honesty, you know, when you have a grasp financially and, you know, you really understand that, that is how the culture moves forward. That is how, you know, even you talk about the African-American community or any community, that's how you move forward is when you have the the financial piece in play. Because once you have the money, how they say, you know, you first you get the money, then you get the power. So you mm-hmm. get the money and you have that next generation. They now have the money and they know how to make the money. They know how to invest the money. Now mm-hmm. we can start affecting change on a global scale. And even just here nationally on a national scale, all the things that we have that are going on in the African-American community, we can now affect that even more because we have the money behind us to push it. I, that's it. I love it. I love it. And I really think that this financial piece is one of the, not last, but it is absolutely one of the biggest missing pieces in our community. I agree. When we get this, when we get this, like, and we teach this to the generations coming behind us, like, this is a game changer. Mm-hmm. Hands it, it down. Matter, it won't matter what the generations before you did and did not have, because um, a lot of generations before us, they had land, they had some homes, but we weren't taught finances, so after they passed, the wealth wasn't kept in the family because we didn't know even know how to manage it. So, so true. If, there, so if true. there was any wealth left in the family. But when you have it and then you teach those behind you, like you have said, that literally changes families and it changes communities and it changes us as a people group. Uh, uh, hands down, I, I'll say this just to add on what you're saying. Just having an understanding of how important it is. I, I remember just hearing situations of, um, you know, say, you know, you're, great grandma had a house that was left to the family and you know all you had to do was what paid like pay taxes on it say they already paid it off pay taxes on it and then you could keep that house throughout generations you know that house could triple quadruple over the next 20 30 years but then you have those who don't even understand how important that is don't even pay taxes on the house and then lose the house to the to the government and and somebody else picks it up for peanuts Peanuts and, and, oh, yeah. and make make a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollar profit because you didn't understand how important that was financially to not just you but your next generation, next generation, so on and so forth. There has to be uh, uh, that education, that understanding of how important it is, so that we can continue to grow. I love it. Facts. I mean, I love that part. 
transformation of who we are as a people and the pieces that are missing and getting those into community. That's what I stand for. Are you teaching any classes to, um, in the community or anything that you're teaching to to children or, or how, how can, how can our listeners connect with you? Give them your, whatever information you like to share websites, email addresses, whatever it is that you want to share with them. And also let them know if you have any classes or courses or anything that you are offering or teaching that they can sign up for. And awesome, by that awesome. I mean we, because I, I, I'm going to need to reach out. Right. <laughs> right. That is that is beautiful. That is beautiful. Hey, thank you guys once again. I appreciate this opportunity. I love talking with you guys. I hope you guys invite me again. This was uh, this was amazing. <laughs> this is this is amazing. So I, I'll tell you, this is amazing. Um, I, I like I said, I, I'm I'm a year, almost a year into this. And, you know, I, most of my time has been spent just kind of focusing on just kind of growing the business and my clientele. I do plan to get into more of the teaching aspect. Um, I've had a few, uh, you know, little small teaching engagements, but I will be updating anything that I would do would be on my social media, either my Facebook page. You can find me at Hicks Financial AWM on Facebook or on Instagram, which is the same handle, Hicks Financial AWM on Instagram. Um, and anything I would do, I would promote it on those sites. So if you want to connect with me, follow me. I think you guys are already following me on uh, Instagram. Follow me on Facebook. I would definitely promote any opportunities that, that it would come up um, as far as teaching uh, is concerned. But uh, as far as, um, you know, how, how to connect with me and everything, um, those are the main ways. Obviously, my website, HicksFinancialAWM.com. Uh, is another way to learn more about me. And um, I'm just excited to have the opportunity to to speak to so many people and to teach so many families, small businesses, single individuals, just how important finances are. And that's something I'm very passionate about. And I, I just enjoy it and I love it. And I plan to uh, be doing this for a long, long time coming. We hope yeah. so too. We hope so too. We have enjoyed <laughs> Um, having you on the show today and we have thoroughly enjoyed the information we will share all of those contacts um, that you shared and maybe even the email as well we'll share that in the show notes so that our listeners can always come back in and get that information to connect with you and we have thoroughly enjoyed you and in the future when we're having events and we're thinking of having some actual live events and things that nature we invite um, people in to speak about finances mm-hmm. to those groups. So we will certainly keep you in mind for that. Thank you again for joining us and for accepting our invitation and yes. for uh, giving us this wealth of information that you have today. And I know that our listeners are going to enjoy it and, and we'll send you whatever questions they have and hopefully they will be contacting you as well. Yes, yes, please let them know. They can they can uh, definitely contact me. More of my contact information is on my website as well if they, uh, if they missed it earlier. But um, yes, I, and I would love to. You guys do a live event. Just just consider me in. Just uh, all I need is a date and a time, and I'll, I'll make it. Perfect. Thank you. Thank Wonderful. you so much. Thank, thank, you, so thank you so much again. Thank you guys. I can't I can't wait till next time. to rate, comment, subscribe, and follow us at the Sisters Collective on all social media platforms.